I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in to the very first Primero episode of the Dynasty Debates. I am your host, your humble host, some might say the most humblest host, Evan Brown. You can find me on Twitter at FFEvanLution. So just to give you a little bit of a uh, idea of what you can be expecting, this is a show that is going to be primarily about Dynasty Fantasy Football, uh, hence the name, Dynasty Debates. Going to have different amazing guests on pretty much every week. We're going to discuss some different ideas, different strategies, different tactics that we like, that we don't like. Uh, the goal of each episode will be literally to help make you a better dynasty fantasy football player, give you some sort of actionable advice, something interesting to think about, something to take away and chew on every single episode. And on this very first amazing episode, I have an amazing guest. I've got Dave Heilman with me from Dynasty Dorks. Dave, thank you so much for taking time to come on here on the first episode. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, I appreciate the invite. It's uh, It's been a long time coming. And uh Speaking of the the hostess with the mostess, uh, if you want a good GIF, just comment on anything that Evan does, and he will. Uh, you will definitely be impressed with. He's uh, he's got some good gifts. <laughs> Guilty as charged. Um, gifts are my love language. I make no apologies about that. I know you mostly through Dynasty Dorks. You put out a lot of great content. You've got YouTube videos. You've got podcasts. Um, I listen to it on Spotify. Is it on all the platforms? Yeah, you can get on Apple, Google. Um, there's also YouTube. Um, for those that, that like to watch it on YouTube. Um, so we've been doing everything, man. Um, NFT draft is the the new thing I've been doing. We did a card rip last night. So we gave away cards. Um, basically, people just sign up for a wax wallet. They picked a team. And then I opened up about 300 um, NFT cards. And I'm going to be sending them to them tonight. It's like uh, Magic and Pokemon meet uh, Daily Fantasy Sports. That's cool. And are they, where can, where can people find some more information about that? Is that on dynasty dorks or do you have a NFT draft? It's capital NFT. And then you finish it off with draft.io. So NFT draft.io. And tell me this. Um, I heard a little bit about this real reality fantasy football. Am I saying that right? Real reality yeah, FF. Real Talk reality to me about fantasy that. It's going to be the first ever reality fantasy football show. It is uh, 12 contestants competing for their share of $5,000. I am one of the contestants, and I flew down to Lake Charles, Louisiana last month, and we had two days of taping. And it's just it was just like being in your, your home draft, except for there was TV cameras and there was mics on us. Um, but we were drinking beer, picking players, having fun. Um, it's going to be a, a great show. And then throughout the season, you'll be able to follow up on – the, the league so you'll be able to keep up on the league you know how we're doing our waiver wire what why we're doing our rosters the way we are um it, it's gonna be a lot of fun and it's uh you know 12 great guys and it premieres tonight you can check it out on youtube 
real reality fantasy football. So as you can see, I have brought a superstar guest for the first ever episode. He's on TV. He is going to be winning $5,000 and he's going to be splitting that with me because I'm going to be voting for him and raising awareness for his campaign. I'm obviously really excited about this, but let's move right on. Let's get into our first segment here. Spilling the tea. We are going to be talking some news and some rumors. This is week one. The NFL is finally back. I don't know about you, Dave, but it feels like it's been about 342 years since the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, if it was uh, an Evan GIF, it might be the uh, lady from Titanic that says it's been 84 years. Yeah, it's It feels like it's been a long time. And then it's always weird because Labor Day is a long weekend and it's like, it's surreal. It's It's here. It's two days away. Is very weird. I, I still can't really get my head around it. But anyways, back on task. First bit of news is Justice Hill. Um, unfortunately, looks like he's had a season-ending Achilles injury. Ravens have been very unlucky this offseason with their running backs. I know a lot of people very excited about J.K. Dobbins. He's obviously out for the season. And then a lot of the Justice Hill truthers came out of the woodwork, believing it was finally his time. And unfortunately, it doesn't look that way. So what what are your thoughts on this this injury? How do you feel like it impacts Gus Edwards and Tyson Williams? I think it opens up the door for them to bring in somebody else. I don't think Justin Justice Hill was going to actually hurt them that much. Um, he really hasn't done anything, even when he's gotten some opportunity. And Tyson, he looks, he looks really good this offseason. Um, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, that's that's interesting that you bring that up because I definitely have heard that Lev Bell and uh, Devonta Freeman have been in working out for the Ravens. So to your point, you could very easily see them bringing in a more experienced vet, you know, just to give them a bit of backup because they're looking pretty thin on the ground there. But does any of that, any sort of Lev Bell or Devonta Freeman sighting, does that worry you at all for your Gus Edwards shares? Or No. No, I don't think so at all. I mean, Devonta Freeman just didn't look good last year. I'm a big Giants fan. And and, and then Le'Veon Bell, same thing. If he was worth anything, he would have been on a roster already. I think he might be worth something, but I don't think he's going to hurt Gus Edwards again. It's just a second position. Yeah, it can get it could it could get ugly really quick. I mean, for your dynasty squads, how are you? What what way are you spinning this? Are you trying to use this news to freak people out, grab Lev Bell off the waiver wire, and flip him for anything you can if he gets signed? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely picking up Lev Bell if he's available. Um, I tried to. I might have even picked him up this morning. I haven't checked yet. Um, you, I mean, it's just worth a stab if you have him, especially in your deep deep leagues, but. Neither of those guys are going to have long-term value. I think, you know, Gus Edwards is interesting because even if, you know, even when J.K. Dobbins comes back, he still has a role. So it's not just like, like some people are, you know, if you're a contender, you go out and get a Mike Davis or somebody on a one-year rental. I get it. But Gus Edwards might be a little bit more than a one-year rental. So if you have him, just don't give him away for cheap um, because even though he's probably not going to produce like J.K. Dobbins did, He's still going to have a little bit of, you know, he's still going to be a pretty solid player this year. And then next year, he's still going to have a little bit of value. And then if you're a you're rebuilding team, then go sell Gus Edwards, get what you can. And, you know, see if you're a rebuilding team, you might be able to get J.K. Dobbins. No, that's, that's a really good shout. I've seen, I know I've seen a couple of people on Twitter talking about even having got 
23 first for Gus Edwards, which I would be doing that all day unless I'm an absolute contender and he's one of my only running backs, which seems like a very unlikely scenario. We've got even more Ravens news. We have the one and only Mark Andrews contract extension for year 56 million, making it rain. So I, the way I understand it is that he's going to make more money over the next four years than any other tight end in the league. So that to me is significant and I'll let you discuss, you know, obviously you're the guest. What is your initial thoughts? What's your takeaways? What are you doing with Mark Andrews once you hear this news? Yeah. Um, I probably, you know, owe Mark Andrews a little bit of an apology because I, I buried him a little bit this off season. I thought with all the pass catchers that are they're bringing in and, you know, even if they knocked it up just a little tick as far as the passing volume, I still didn't think he was going to get enough. And it was just a lot of people eating off, you know, the same plate basically. Um, but now that we've definitely, no, I think this summer presented a really nice buy low opportunity, uh, for Andrews. And I mean, if there's one thing we've learned about Lamar Jackson is that he loves him some tight end, you know, he loves him some Mark Andrews in the red zone to me. It's one of the key things I always try and do in in fantasy in general, but especially in dynasty is stay water. Like the uh, fantasy footballers talk about, you got to be quick to change your opinion on a situation. Once you see the writing on the wall. And to me, you follow the money, you know, you follow what is the team telling you? It's not, what is your mind telling you? What are the analytics even telling you? Sometimes it's like, what is the team telling you? The team is telling you, we really want Mark Andrews. We're really prioritizing having him as part of our team. So yes, I a hundred percent agree. If anybody hasn't caught up on yet on that yet, especially if you're in any sort of tight end premium league, I am all about trying to get a little bit more Mark Andrews on my squads. Last couple bits of news here. This is probably not as big a news, but it's the first Duke Johnson sighting we've had all off season. And he has apparently signed with the Jags practice squad. So the Jag for the Jags, or is there anything we should be worried about here? No, he went to the practice squad to depth move. They didn't really have anybody else behind James Robinson. They have Carlos Hyde. Um, but again, that means they don't have anything behind James Robinson and he's on the practice squad. So I'm not concerned. Agreed. Uh, I would say, unless you are in literally the deepest of the 16 team leagues, uh, if this news does anything for anybody on your, in your league, I would be happy to, to flip Duke for anything that I could get next on the news. We've got Brandon. Ayuk, one of my favorite second year wide receivers has returned to practice Monday. So that's a good sign for week one availability. Uh, what are your thinkings on Ayuk this year? Do you have any concerns plugging him in week one? No, I mean, a big question I had for a lot of my guests this offseason was do, you know, rookie quarterbacks are most likely going to transition middle of the season. Um, it's pretty much happened every year the last three years. If you're drafted in the first round, you start and you start by week 12. Do you put that into your projections and your rankings? Because typically it's very difficult for, um, rookie quarterbacks to support more than one, you know, uh, top fantasy option. And we know George Kittle is already going to be one. So what do we, you know, what do we look at with Brandon Ayuk versus Debo Samuel? Cause we haven't really seen them on the field together. Yeah. And where do you come down on that side of the uh, debate out of curiosity? I, I like Ayuk better. Um, it's just sometimes the price is hard because he's going around a lot of players that I also like a lot. So like if I had the option between like Robert Woods or Brandon Ayuk, I still would take Robert Woods unless it was maybe a startup because um, the Ayuk obviously is much younger. Um, but he's he's going pretty high. So it's hard to 
to get a lot of shares. I made a couple of trades, so I do have some IU shares on my team, but he's 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 almost like he's my new DJ Moore. Like I like him. It's just really hard for me to get him because other people like him too. And I you know, I just miss I missed on him the first time around and now he's too expensive. I hear you. Yeah, I mean I'm a big DJ Moore truther myself so i've got a lot of dj Moore, and i really like Ayuk. but i know i hear what you're saying as far as the cost of acquisition is quite high at the moment uh last thing i got here is curtis samuel he seems to be trending towards being available for week one he's had a bit of a weird offseason transitioning to the washington football team been banged up hasn't really been around hasn't been building that chemistry from what we've seen anyways in the offseason and you know are you concerned where are you at with curtis samuel are you feeling confident to plug him in He's a flex play. Uh, I would not prioritize getting him in, you know, as a top two option, unless you're pretty thin at receiver. Maybe you drafted Michael Thomas and you're, you know, you're, you're strapped. I agree. Right. Any more news that I missed? Anything you heard or anything you wanted to bring up here? Not that I'm aware of. Mark Andrews news was kind of news to me. I saw the notification as I was logging into the, the show. Oh, very nice. We caught you off guard there. So a little bit of breaking news for you even. Moving right along, next segment. Employee of the Week. Employee of the Week. David, good friend, Dynasty Dork. You, sir, are such a talented, talented individual. You happen to be a manager of not one, but two major, major stores. These stores are Busmart and Studs R Us. Busmart, you specialize you absolutely are the place to go for hope that disappoints. At Busmart, you guarantee that those people you're plugging into the flex, they are going to fall flat on their face. Maybe even the RB1, RB2 that you've been hyping up all week, it's not going to happen. It's going to be bad news. However, in the evenings, you also work at Studs R Us, and at Studs R Us, You've got the good news that we've been longing for. You've got that flex play that comes in with the three touchdowns and the 250 yards to save the week on Monday Night Football. So I'll start with Busmart. Busmart, Dave, give us a player. Who's your player? Who's who's the employee of the week for Busmart? Week one, go. Man, this is this is super super tough. Um, I I will go with. I'm going to go with Allen Robinson. Um, I love the player. Don't like the matchup. He gets Jalen Ramsey. He's got Andy Dalton. Who knows if Andy Dalton makes it through the entire game. He might not take it through the entire quarter. Um, But I feel like the Rams are going to do whatever they can to take him out of the game. And then, you know, try to make them, you know, beat them with Darnell Mooney and David Montgomery. Nice. That is that is a bold call, and I like it. I applaud that because a lot of people are going to be. They're going to be counting on Allen Robinson. I'm probably oh, I, counting I'm on him in a couple of, of leagues. Of them, you know, you don't sit Allen Robinson, but if, if no. you know, unless you have a stud, you know, a stud lineup. But I mean, you're playing Allen Robinson over guys like Curtis Samuel. But I'm just saying, temper expectations. Absolutely, and and in that same vein, I'm going to be you know fairly bold myself. I think maybe people have come around to this way of thinking, but my, for me, Busmart employee of the week is going to be the one, the only Saquon, Saquon Barkley himself. I know he is many fantasy managers 
blue-eyed son and they cannot wait for his return and i i do hope and expect big things for him and from him this season but i'm just being a little bit cautious week one i i think the the broncos could potentially have the best defense in all of the nfl this year and with him just coming back it being the first week of the season I mean, let's be honest, this is almost like a preseason game. Really, week one is kind of a preseason game for a lot of these guys because they didn't get risked in the preseason. So I am tempering expectations. I am going out on a limb and saying Saquon Barkley is my employee of the week. And but, they have said he's going to play week one, but he's going to be limited. Exactly. So just don't be expecting, you know, don't don't be too rattled if he comes out and, you know, has seven or eight or ten carries and, 25 yards or something you know don't freak out and sell them for a third moving on to brighter subjects happier times we're gonna switch hats and we're gonna visit studs are us so talk to me dave who's your stud this week who is your employee of the week at studs are us yeah so this one um i i there's gonna be a lot a lot of players out there that we're gonna figure out you know who they are Week one, we've been talking about it all offseason. We're actually going to get to see them in play. And I, I, think, I think there's a lot of people that are sleeping on Daryl Henderson. And okay. everybody was excited about Cam Akers. Everyone was excited about, you know, the offense there with Matthew Stafford being added. And then if you are down on Daryl Henderson because of a Sony Michelle signing – then you're just down on Daryl Henderson and you probably didn't like Daryl Henderson to begin with and are just looking for another reason not to like him. And Sean McVay's already said he's going to be a big part of this offense. Sonny Michelle signing or trade the trade was a, was a, was a fifth round pick They're They're trading him because they don't like Xavier Jones as their backup. It's not because they don't like Daryl Henderson. He's going to be a stud. He's going to be a top. He's going to be a top 10 running back. We Spice, bringing the spice, setting the bar high here for the uh, studs are us. I mean, that is, you know, I I totally understand and respect the opinion. I, I, I'm a little bit on the other side. I guess I would be a what you would qual- qualify as a, a Henderson hater. Um, I don't hate him. I just want to throw that out there. But I was very high on Cam Akers. I really liked him. I was devastated by that. The first of many injuries this preseason. Uh, not even into the preseason, just in practice, wasn't it? Um, yeah. So that's that's yeah. even worse. But So I, I genuinely had a startup this offseason where Cam Akers was my RB1 and then Michael Thomas was my wide receiver too, I think. So I'm off to a great start. I think that is that is definitely a bull prediction top 10. I did not I wouldn't I wouldn't feel that confident, but I'm really interested to see how it plays out. I always am concerned about his health. I just don't know that I believe that he can stay healthy long enough to be that that quality. I, I think he'll be good when he plays because I do do expect big things from the, the Rams in general this season, but I'm a little concerned, you know, is he gonna stay healthy for the full 17 games, a long season? My pick, much like yours fairly bold i think week one is a good time to be bold i think for me week one as i mentioned is almost like a continuation of the preseason uh and somebody that we've heard a lot of buzz on somebody that i was very high on last year coming in as a rookie and disappointed a lot but i hope has good things in store is brian edwards so i'm gonna say it's a tough defense it's a tough ask they're playing the ravens but I've been hearing a lot of really good things out of training camp. I've been hearing a lot of buzz from Derek Carr, from John Gruden about how Brian Edwards has really come on. And to me, 
even the fact that they let John Brown go. That to me signifies, again, we talked earlier about the Mark Andrews thing about following the money, following the actual transactions. To me, them letting go of John Brown says that they're fairly confident in what they have. And what they have really is Ruggs and Edwards. Those are the, the building blocks. You know, Renfro is a great slot receiver, but he's not a game changer. He's not somebody that's going to break the game for you. He's just a, com- you know, he's a, he's a complimentary piece, really. So for me, I'm calling for Brian Edwards to have a good week. I'm calling for him to be a employee of the week at Stutteras. Love it. Nailed it. The main event. Fight. On to the main event this week. Our topic, our discussion, our debate, if you will, is Superflex versus 1QB. So David, take it away. Talk to me about Superflex. Yeah, so, um, you know, there's, there's some traditionalists out there that don't want to take the dive into Superflex. And uh, I get a lot of questions that say, how can I make my league better? How can I make my league more active? And how can I, you know, get more trades and activity? The number one answer is add positions and add super flex. If you don't add super flex, you just add another flex. It's fine. But for me, super flex is going to make it to where your draft, your, your, your draft pool. Like look at this year in the draft, there was probably in one quarterback leagues, 12 to 15 picks that were really worth anything. But in your super flex leagues, you had 18 to 20 picks because you have the additional five players, like really valuable players. And then when you look at your dynasty startups, it's the same thing. You're looking at like, there's so many different kinds of strategies and things you can do. So people really have to strategize. They have to be active to do this. They can't just, you know, draft a quarterback when they draft the defense late and just be lazy about it and stack up a whole bunch of running backs and receivers and then just squat on a team all year, no trades, no waivers, and a boring I I understand completely where you're coming from because, to be honest with you, up until a couple years ago, I remember being fairly adamantly against Superflex and thinking it was ridiculous and it didn't make sense and it was stupid. And just just to be clear, just in case anybody you know listening doesn't know, Superflex is the concept that you can start two quarterbacks. So you could start a quarterback in your Superflex uh, slot. You could start a wide receiver, a running back, or a tight end there, but you actually have the functionality to be able to start two quarterbacks. So for me, one of the big things, and I know it's ridiculous because we're playing a game called fantasy football, but for one, for me, one of the big, I remember one of the big stumbling blocks was, well, that's just stupid. Like, you know, teams don't play two quarterbacks. Two quarterbacks don't go play for a team. That's ridiculous. Why would we do that? So what, what would you say to me from two years ago if that was my argument to you? Well, the NFL doesn't have 12 teams. Um, you know, you have 12 teams, and I heard this on Fantasy Pros. They said, 12 teams is like the perfect amount of teams in a league for Superflex. If you have 14 teams or 16 teams, you should not do Superflex because it's just, it's too thin. It's going to create an imbalance in your league. And then they threw the caveat, which was if you have eight team or 10 team leagues, you should force people to start to and roster three. And to just to add that extra element to where it's not just a Superflex, but 10 team leagues or 18 leagues, 18 leagues can even start three quarterbacks because you're doing 24 different quarterbacks. Um, but for me, that would be my argument. If, you know, if the NFL only had 12 teams, 
then yeah, I can understand the the argument, but there's 32 quarterbacks and you are devaluing the most important position in all sports and making it to where it's too easy to pick a quarterback because you can just sit and, and wait. And you know, I got Patrick Mahomes in like the 13th round two years ago. Yeah, I think, no, I think you've really nailed it there. I think that is, that is one of the key arguments that genuinely did start to influence me and help me to kind of change my mindset was the idea, the concept that players that we love rooting for, we love a Patrick Mahomes, we love a Josh Allen, you know, we love a Lamar Jackson, but when we play in these one QB leagues, a lot of the times they're almost worthless. It's not that they're worthless. They're worth something and you want to have them, but you can't really like, you're never going to go out and trade a Dalvin cook for Patrick Mahomes straight up in a one QB league. You're yeah. just not going to. So I, I agree. I think that is a great argument for it um, to say that, you know, it, it helps add value to a position that is actually genuinely very, very valuable in, in the sport um, and in fantasy football. So we're in a league together that is a 16 team super flex league. And I think, you know, it, it is crazy. <laughs> I, just, I just want to throw that out there that it is mental. It is insane, but I think it's fun. I think it's, it's really interesting and it adds so much, so many layers of, complexity to your drafting to your trading to your evaluations of players and you know it is fascinating um to see that unfold and so i think you know even in a 14 or 16 team league i still think it's fun and exciting to play Superflex because again it just gives you so many more players that are interesting so many more players you're willing to roster you're willing to take a shot on and just so many different ways that you can approach the game do you hear any other arguments or pushbacks like what are some main things that you hear people kind of come at you or or push back on you if you suggest superflex i had someone say you know can't we just keep things the way you know like kind of the traditional way and i said okay so you want to go back to standard scoring or do you want to keep ppr because (laughs) you're you're sounding like somebody before ppr um it's just superflex is going to be the common format just like ppr is now the standard or half ppr is the standard it's going to be the same thing here in a couple of years. It's moving more and more towards, you know, 50-50 than it is, you know, before it was only a handful of leagues were super flex. Now most people are in probably half their leagues are, are super flex. And to be honest with you, I, I, you know, the goal of this podcast will be when guests come on and they have a strong stance, something they're passionate about. I'm going to try and push back. I'm going to try and argue maybe a little bit, play devil's advocate. I find it really difficult with this because I'm on the same page as you. I'm trying, but I'm grasping at straws here. Now, what I would say then is, just to add a little bit more meat on the bone here for this subject, is there anything, if someone is thinking of getting into Superflex or maybe they all just got into a Superflex, do you have any sort of hints, tips, or key things that you would suggest really thinking about or ways to adapt their strategy? Because I feel personally that people can go over the top the other way. They can be like, oh no, I'm in a Superflex. I'm taking five quarterbacks in a row. And, you know, yeah. so just talk to me about your, your idea of how to get into it, what you would suggest. My biggest advice would just be mock draft, mock draft, mock draft. Do your mock drafts, see where you're comfortable and see how things flow because you're going to join a league and you're going to see nine quarterbacks go in the top 15 picks and you're going to freak out and you're going to take, you know, Kirk Cousins at the 204. Um, but <laughs> hey, listen, I'm a Vikings fan. Take it easy. <laughs> Hey, and I don't don't hate Kirk Cousins as my QB too. Um, That's okay, I do. But as far as you know, as far as your leagues, you you want to be able to mock draft and see where you're comfortable because 
you know, for me, I'm an early tight end guy, but in super flex, it's difficult to go early tight end and or early quarterback. So I may fade quarter, may may fade tight end and go, you know, early quarterback in super flex versus one quarterback. Yeah, that's really good. Good advice. I think you're right. I think you've nailed it. You don't want to overcorrect. You want to adjust your strategies, adjust the way you attack it, but don't overcorrect either. Don't go 10 quarterbacks in the first 10 rounds because you'll be stuck and nobody will want to trade with you and it'll suck. Any final thoughts on Superflex that you want to share before we move right along? No, I just recommend everyone, you know, don't knock it till you try it. Just try it out, see what you think. And if it's not for you, it's not for you. But you can't say it's not for you if you haven't tried it. I am one thing I would say um, that you've just reminded me of there. One thing, because we are in the season week ones here. Everyone, even people that play Dynasty, probably have one or two redraft leagues that they get into every year, maybe with friends from school or friends from work. Try Superflex as a redraft. Give yourself a taste of it. If you're worried about it and you don't want to jump into a dynasty because you think, what if I hate it? What if I think it's the stupidest thing I've ever done? Try it as a redraft. Have a redraft league this year and just go for it because at the end of the day, it's a redraft league at the end of the year. You don't ever have to revisit it if you don't want to. So that's a great way of dipping your toe into something like PPR if you play half PPR or Superflex if you play one QB or tight end premium. Try it out. Do a redraft. See what it's all about. If you like it, then you can set up a startup in the offseason. Let's make a deal. Sold your ways. That moves us right along to a great section to, to dovetail with the Superflex discussion. We're going to talk about some trades. I think trading is one of the most important parts of fantasy football, but especially dynasty. If you want to be good and you want to continually and can and successfully challenge and be a contender year on year, you're going to have to get good at trading. So one of the things we're going to talk about every week on dynasty debates is we're going to bring up a trade or two. We're going to talk about the trade, why it went down, how it benefited your team, or on the other side of it, we might even bring up a trade that we didn't like that we rejected and why again, not just to flex on everyone, even though let's be honest, casual flex might be now and then happening. We're just going to be sharing our thoughts and trying to help people think through tactically why they want to do trades, how they want to do trades, how they can tackle these trades. Because a lot of people, especially if they're new to Dynasty, I've always found are very worried about trading. They're very kind of nervous about it. They're not sure how to value picks. Something that I think we really are going to dive into and try and get a better good discussion on week on week. I believe you have a trade that you've brought to the table that we can discuss. Is that right? Yeah. So um, recently traded uh, Ronald Jones and Brandon Cooks for Miles Gaskin and um, Evan Ingram. Um, it was a redraft. It was not a, a dynasty league for the record. And what was the setup? Is it a 12 team, 14 team? It's a 12 team league. Um, There's a super flex, but it is a dealer's choice. So the top scoring team at the end of every week gets to pick whether that super flex remains super flex or if it changes to a regular flex. And is it tight end premium or just regular PPR? Regular PPR, no tight end premium. So you gave Rojo and Brandon Cooks Mm -hmm. and you received Miles Gaskin and Evan Ingram. Okay. So break it down for me. What were your thoughts? Were you, are you strong at wide receiver? So you didn't need Brandon cooks. Do you think Brandon cooks has a bad year? What are your thoughts on this trade? Uh, both. So I'm pretty strong at receiver. I have Calvin Ridley. I have DJ Moore. I have Kenny Galladay. I have Cole Beasley. Um, and I have, and Corey Davis. Oh, nice. Uh, 
So I, I thought I could move on from Brandon Cooks, even though, and I don't think he's going to have a great year this year. I get it. Someone's going to catch the ball there, and I get all the narratives. But how consistent is it going to be? Um, I know Tyrod Taylor targeted Keenan Allen eight times last year in the first game, which is great. Four catches for 27 yards. Not great. So <laughs> volume doesn't always equal fantasy production on um, the quality of volume. So I went the move because I wanted a good third running back. I didn't really feel like Rojo was a good third running back. So now I have um, Najee Harris, Daryl Henderson, and Miles Gaskin to lead my running back room. Nice. Very nice. I mean, I'll be honest. Yeah. Like I, I just have never been a big Rojo guy myself. So for me, it's never a hard sell to move Rojo. <laughs> a lot of it comes down to Bruce Arians as well. Um, yeah. I just don't trust Bruce Arians to give the ball to the same guy over and over again. I, I honestly think it'll be a Rojo week. Then it'll be a Lenny week. Then it'll be a geo week. And then all of a sudden, right when we don't know what's happening, it'll be a Keyshawn Vaughn week, you know, just, just to mess with us. So I, I'm hundred percent with you. I think that was a good trade because you have the wide receiver depth. So even if Brandon cooks does well, it's not going to murder you. It's not going to kill you. He wasn't your wide receiver one or two, or maybe even three. And also I really think, yeah, I've really come around. He's one of the guys I've come kind of full circle on is miles Gaskin. I was sort of out at the start of the season, I was like, you know, no, nah, he was just a, a one hit wonder. He was a, you know, they hadn't have anybody else. They plugged them in and that's all it was as the season went along, as the draft happened, as preseasons happened, I've really come around on him. And even just hearing the camp buzz and the way that people are talking about him, you know, they really are expecting him to be the lead back there. And I think that you're getting a really good value. So those three running backs, that's brilliant. I brought a trade in. It's actually from the league that we're in together. So Swimming with Sharks, shout out. 16-team, um, super flex, tight end premium, 53-man roster, full IDP, start 22 players every single freaking week, uh, and 11, 11 players on offense. So we won't dive too deep into the IDP side of it because this isn't really an IDP-specific podcast. But the trade itself broke down. It broke my heart. We traded away Gasp, CD Lamb. I understand that you know it feels like sacrilege to sell you know, sell off CD Lamb to trade him away at the moment because he is such a hot commodity. But we traded away CD Lamb and a linebacker, John Bostic, who's an older linebacker, plays for Washington Football Team, and in return we got Juju Smith-Schuster, Terry McLaurin. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, who's a rookie linebacker for the Browns, and a 22 third-round pick. The thought process behind the trade, everybody in the league co-manages. So my I co-manage with Joey, Joey the Tooth, and he brought me the idea at first. He says, these guys are interested in CeeDee Lamb. I says, well, jog on. Not getting CeeDee Lamb. I love CeeDee Lamb like my brother. Um, but he talked to me, he talked sense to me. And, you know, I realized that again, like we talked about, this is a, this is a kind of league where you're starting 22 players every week. You're starting 11 offensive players, including two quarterbacks. So in this type of league, depth is crucial. You need depth. And sometimes in a 10 team or 12 team league, I probably wouldn't want to make a trade like this, or I might want to just say, well, who's the best overall player? That's who I want in the deal. But in this specific league, I feel like after we talked it through, I think Juju used to be considered like a, a top 12 dynasty wide receiver. He's fallen from grace, but it's, 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 almost, it's almost too much. He's been so disrespected now that it's like he's garbage and he's not garbage. 
He's still a top 24, top 30 wide receiver, you know? So you're getting a top 24, top 30 wide receiver, and you're getting Terry McLaurin, who is a borderline wide receiver one. He's a 12 to yeah, 14 I've, range usually. Yeah. So for most people in Dynasty, they would look at him somewhere between wide receiver 10 to wide receiver 14, somewhere in there. So you might be getting rid of a top five, top six Dynasty wide receiver, but you're getting a borderline wide receiver one, a wide receiver two, a potential stud linebacker, which again, we're not going to get too far into, and a little cheeky third round pick to go for this year. And a lot of Dynasty is acquiring assets. It's getting as much as you can to have as many dart throws as you can to try and keep your roster as strong as you can <laughs> to keep turning it over. So for me, I like the trade. I feel like as much as it hurts to get rid of CD Lamb, I feel like we came away stronger with better depth. We got rid of one starter. We gained potentially three starters. What are your thoughts? How do you see the trade? Yeah, when it comes down to leagues like that, depth is is extremely important. Um, when you go to your bye weeks and you go to your injuries and stuff like that, and if those collide, you are going to be screwed. And, you know, so you you didn't downgrade too far. I feel like, you know, the mistake would be with going with, you know, three quarters for a dollar, um, and you didn't. My only question in the trade because I think one of the things with CeeDee Lamb is the certainty that Dak Prescott is going to be there for the next few years. And I think with Terry McLaurin, there's that. But on the other end of that, he's even produced with Dwayne Haskins. So I'm not overly concerned. Yeah. And I think you've nailed it there. I think I completely 100% agree with you. I agree that CeeDee has the optimal position with a, a stud quarterback that in theory should be his quarterback for the next several years. You bring up some really good points and I agree with them that Terry McLaurin has been a stud with garbage at quarterback. And he also um, is in a position where he, he has a lot less competition for those targets, a lot less quality competition anyways. And again, I love trading <laughs> as we've talked about. So realistically, if Terry McLaurin smashes this year, I have no trouble flipping him in the off season. You know, he has a yeah. top 10 season. I'll flip him again and get somebody else, another up and comer and something else on top of it. So I agree with what you're saying there. And, I feel like it made our team stronger, but it's good to talk through and hear other people's perspectives because that's one of my trade tips would be find somebody, maybe multiple people that you trust their opinion. You trust their opinion. You know they know their stuff and bounce trades off them. Say, what do you think of this trade? Sometimes they can really stop you from making stupid mistakes. Other times they can really help you to pull a trigger when you don't want to because my initial reaction was, no, I don't want to get rid of CD. I love CD, you know, but the right thing for our team was to get rid of CD because you can't be too emotional with it or it'll be hard to win. Don't just look for that person that's going to agree with you, especially if you've already done the trade. So expect that someone may disagree with you and don't, you know, I've had people DM me say, what do you think about this trade? I'm like, well, I think you could have got a lot more or, hey, I, I like this other side. And they're like, oh, well, thanks. And I'm like, oh, is the trade already done? Yeah. And they're like mad at me for not liking their trade. And I'm like, listen, if you wanted my advice, you should have asked before the trade. And I'm yes. going to give you honest advice. I'm not going to just tell you I like your trade just to make you feel good. Exactly. And that, see, this this is what you guys need. Anybody listening, you need a David in your life. You need somebody who's going to be honest with you. They're going to tell you when you've lost the deal or when you made a really big mistake. And hopefully you learn, go and talk. So if it's a big deal, talk to somebody before. You don't have to pull the trigger right then and there. Go and chat to somebody say, hey, what do you think about this? Because we've all done it. We've all made a deal in the heat of the moment that we thought was brilliant. And then the next morning we look at it and we think, oh my goodness, what have I done? 
And in Dynasty, it's harder to undo those trades because you're stuck with that team next year and the year after. So find somebody you trust, bounce it off them, see what they say, and try and use that wisdom um, to help your team get better and to help your trading get better and help you get more confident in your trades. Word of the week. Word of the week. So as you might have noticed from my accent, I am not in the US of A. I am in Belfast, Northern Ireland. So what I'm going to do is I am going to teach you a slang word, a word that we use over here that you probably don't use or may not even know. And then I'll get you to use it in a sentence. And then that can be your word of the week that you can try and remember and see if you can use uh, as you go about your business. And then everyone listening, try and use this word. Are you ready for this? Let's go. Okay. So the word of the week is scundered. Scundered. Scundered means basically like you're embarrassed, you're mortified, you can't believe what just happened. So maybe someone just sent you a terrible trade request. Like they tried to get Justin Fields off you for Carlos Hyde and a third. You'd be scundered. I can't believe they just sent me this garbage trade. I am absolutely scundered. You try try and use scundered in a sentence for me. Yeah. So um, you you knew about my Justin Fields trade. So yeah, I was definitely scundered when the person came shopping for Justin Fields when they were, you know, balling on a Carson Wentz budget. Um, <laughs> and uh, he says, well, um, what about um, Justin Fields plus a quarterback for, for um, Daryl Henderson and Tyler Boyd? And I was scundered. <laughs> um, and I, I really was like, um, I politely said, no, thanks. I appreciate the offer. I think we're done here. Brilliant. Yes, you got it. You nailed it. So you were absolutely scundered. Um, but yeah, you can definitely try and use that on um, this week, you know, throw it out on Twitter, maybe be like, Hey, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm totally scundered by this, uh, suggestion that I give bad trade offers. Um, but yeah, so Final thoughts as we wrap up here. I'm going to put a poll out. So I'm going to put a poll out from the Dynasty Debates Twitter uh, just about Superflex. So if you've listened to the episode and Dave has convinced you successfully to try Superflex, just vote for that. We'll talk about the results next week. And we are going to have a new guest on next week. So it'll be different guests every week. And again, Dave, thank you so much for coming on and make sure that you, if you don't already follow Dave over at dynasty dorks on Twitter and check him out on YouTube. He's got a great podcast. He has a lot of amazing guests, got a lot of great content, and we're looking forward to following you on this real reality fantasy football. Do you have any final thoughts, anything you want to shout out before we go? Just real reality fantasy football. Check it out. I mean, the, the draft is tonight and uh, you'll get to see, you know, my, my kind of media day, you get to you know, learn a little bit more about me, but you get to meet all the guys. And, you know, it's a, it's a fantasy football reality show. It's the first one. Check it out. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Dave. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow Dynasty Debates on Twitter, and we will see you next week. I hope you have a great time, and I hope none of you are scundered. I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One 
one says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate. 